Hello, and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you today, and on today's episode, I welcome back the amazing Dr. Vanessa Laponte, who is a registered psychologist and parenting expert. And we're going to chat about the best gift us as parents can give our children this year. That is being our presence. Because we are living in a world when most children in developed countries have access to everything they need. And in some cases, everything they could possibly want as well. So as a parent, uh, you know, managing those expectations and wants can be really challenging. Uh, the balance between providing for your child and spoiling them can be quite blurred. And especially, you know, festive times of the year as well, it becomes more difficult and costly. So how can we make the festive season become more about togetherness and less about what they are getting presence wise? We're going to get Vanessa online. She's amazing helping out with these sorts of issues. Let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So this is a special time of year, but also a stressful one financially, um, especially after the impacts of COVID. Uh, you know, Christmas can be a time where children can expect a lot of presents, but how can we as families refocus and remember the gift of time spent together with each other as the best gifts that we can give in total? Yeah. You know, we have become so focused on the the material side of this time of year rather than really being focused on what truly is at the heart of this holiday. And I think one of the things that we need to do as parents is figure out why have we fallen into that? Why do we get worried that if we don't go along with that um, consumeristic Uh, approach to the holiday season that we're somehow going to disappoint our children or we're somehow going to do it wrong. And so we need to understand within ourselves, why have we given ourselves over to that? And then second to that, set the expectations up for our children right out of the gates. So they know that this is how we do this in our family. And this is what it is that they can expect. Because I guess, you know, children and even parents, we're bombarded constantly by marketing messages that we need all this brand new stuff. And I think, you know, that whole addiction to new is just, it's out of this world. It's out of control. Um, So I I just, I know in our family, we do try and definitely shift to uh, buying an experience for Christmas um, instead of an actual gift so that we can go and enjoy that. Have you got any other advice for parents, I guess, around this time of year that, you know, feeling that that pressure to buy more for their children when when they don't even need it? You look at all the stuff and you go, they've got that, they've got that, they've got that. They don't really need anything. And you still try and find something that you can buy. It's insanity. Yeah, it is insanity. And so once we've set the expectation up, then we can really lean into this philosophy of gifting an experience um, or gifting Um, the kinds of things that lead to experiences. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. My uh, youngest son has long had an interest in guitar and has kind of dabbled around in it. And uh, I knew that an experience for him would actually be getting to play guitar in the way that he really wanted to play guitar. And so we bought him a guitar for Christmas and it's changed his life. He has, I mean, just... Um, 
so developed that love and passion for music on the weekends um instead of you know being on his computer gaming he's playing his guitar 14 15 hours a day he just loves it so much so you can think about um who it is that your children are and what it is if you are going to gift material kinds of items are those material things things that in and of themselves lead to an experience and so you can be mindful about that art supplies uh books that they can read the kinds of things that lead to those human experiences that are you know at the center of us discovering that joie de vivre and living life in a way that is um well-rounded um but also the experiences that we have as families and so um uh, I have, uh, in the past, gifted each of my boys a uh, weekend trip with me, of course, <laughs> where we get to go away and uh, and enjoy a, a place or a locale that I know is really sort of up their alley, and we get to lean all of that. Um, my eldest son next year will graduate high school, um, and so he, he has a, a birthday and Christmas right at the same time, um, and uh, he already knows that for birthday and Christmas that year, he's getting a trip to uh, Japan. We've been planning it for years and years and years, and so we can do those kinds of things together as families and, um, and gift our children those kinds of opportunities to experience life rather than, you know, just be buried in a mountain of things that within six months become meaningless anyways. It's so true because I think, you know, when you look back on your own childhood, it's not all the things that you remember. You know, you might remember one or two toys that you absolutely really wanted and you absolutely loved and played with and cherished, but it's all those times that you spent together as a family and those experiences that you have that you remember more, more fondly. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I'd be hard pressed to recall specific gifts that I would have received as a child. Um, but the one, one of the things I remember a lot of the beautiful rituals and traditions that my parents put into place around the holidays. And one of the things that to this day is dearest to my heart is the way my mother would wrap our gifts. It wasn't what was inside of them, but she would put them in boxes and then she would decorate them. So they turned into kind of these animals with like, you know, funny trunks and ears and horns and uh, and crazy hair and whatever. And we would come out Christmas morning and there would be, she called them, um, she had a funny name for them, woozles. The woozles would be under the tree uh, and they were just decorated boxes. And we got so excited about that. It was part of the experience um, and it didn't cost a dime. Yeah, and that's the funny thing, isn't it? Because we've all heard, you know, that best gift is a present parent. So how true is that statement? Oh, that statement is so true. And particularly today, because we are so um, buried in the busyness of our lives. We are so overwhelmed by our connectedness to technology and always being on in the midst of those connections. Um, And as we connect to technology, we disconnect from humanity, which means that we can be physically in the same space as a family, but very disconnected from one another because everybody's down on their screens rather than looking into the whites of each other's eyes. And so just inviting some space into our lives, just inviting unscheduled time, allowing as a family for us to experience boredom where we just kind of sit around and see what happens yeah um, and and we do 
the connectedness with all of that. I can hear a nice train coming through the background of your uh, your office there. It sounds beautiful. I'm in a community where the CN Railway passes by very close. And so um, opportune timing. <laughs> I remember the beautiful trains in Canada. So uh, how has technology affected how present that we are? Because I know, you know, it is so easy to become addicted to your phone and to become addicted to all sorts of technology these days um, that, you know, that connectedness and that being purposely um, present is such a difficult thing for parents these days, even children. And the reason for that is that we are a social species. And so we will be drawn to and driven by anything that allows us to organize ourselves socially. And if you think about how easy it is just to, you know, pop open your social media feed and think about the surface level hits of connection that you get from that. A like here, a heart there, a comment here, a, a reaction there. You're getting all these kind of surface level hits. And I liken those hits to like eating chocolate brownies you know, where you're just like snacking on social junk food all day long. And then we sit down at the dinner table as a family, but we've been snacking on junk food all day long. And you know, if you've gorged yourselves on a bag of brownies right before dinner, you're not gonna be interested in eating really beautifully steamed broccoli <laughs> because you're full up on all this other kind of surface level stuff. And so social media has done the same thing and being on our screens, the social reality of gaming for our kids these days where they, they, I mean, they, they do it as big packs of kids where they're all in their individual bedrooms, but gaming on this game together. And so there's a real sticky social component to all of that. But again, it's surface level. It's, it's the junk food of social interaction and it, it steals away our appetite to go more deeply into the kinds of intimate interactions that we need to be having relationally so that we can actually be delivering on our needs and receiving um, in terms of being a social species. And so getting very mindful about our use of technology, when we are on screens, when we are not, the places and spaces in our homes and in our lives that we allow ourselves to be on screens or not. Uh, we have to be mindful about those things in order to be present parents. It's so true because it's so easy just to, you know, lay in your bed and start looking at your phone or, you know, um, be watching a movie together as a family but still looking at your phone or, you know, at your child's sport game and that, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at your phone again and um, it's so easy to not be 100% present. Um, yeah. It's so addictive. It's such a scary mm -hmm. thing. So I love how you say that, you know, we have to be so mindful of those things and, and have those moments where we are 100% present and lock that phone away basically uh, in the cupboard. Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess it's, um, you know, I'm noticing it with my kids as well, having to explain to them, you know, that they're going to have to learn self-control um, <laughs> because, you know, finding unless we set up the technology where it cuts them off, they have no uh, awareness around cutting themselves off themselves. You know, do you think it's an important skill that we do teach our children to have that um, self-awareness and that self-control around their own personal technology use as well? Absolutely, that they know how to be consumers of all of that within reason and in ways that 
serve them as human beings rather than detract from their experience as human beings. And when our children are very young, of course, it's upon us to be just really stepping in and modeling that and navigating that for them. And when they become adolescents, um, by virtue of how their brains are really wired up for reward and for risk, they're gonna have a really challenging time figuring it out. And yet, it's usually during that period of adolescence when our kids, you know, get their first phone or, or begin to have kind of more free access. And so we do need to continue to step in even during that time period to set realistic limits around that to make sure that we're watching it um, so that it doesn't become something that overwhelms them because they simply won't have the capacity yet to be able to hang on to that self-control. But when we provide that from the outside and continue to step in and, and um, be leaders for them in that way, they will grow into that capacity. Yeah, because I know even with school pickup now, my children, the school they go to, they're not allowed phones during school time. As soon as that school bell rings, every single child is out the front looking down at their phone. They're not talking to each other and they're not connecting with each other. Um, it's really um, interesting. Yeah. And we are not meant to go that way as human beings. We are meant to look into each other's eyes and have real um, interactions with one another. And so it's, it's a very interesting time to be a human and to be a parent who's raising up humans for sure. So do you have any, um, I guess, ideas on fun ways to share time together this Christmas and even gift ideas that involve shared experiences over, you know, doing stuff together and having those experiences over, over stuff. Yeah, so there's lots of ways that families can approach this. Um, you can set up a calendar where you uh, actually participate in the gift of giving some kind of uh, uh, experience to your community. So you're taking a, a bag of cookies over to the local fire hall, for example, one day, or you're doing cleanup uh, up the road along your block one day, or you're finding ways to just kind of step up and step in around being a member of community and that you're doing that as a family, as your countdown to Christmas, perhaps you use that in place of the chocolates that you might get for your usual countdown to Christmas. Uh, so you can think about building that into your holiday traditions. Do you have a way of managing food around the holidays and getting everybody involved in that? Uh, we have found that when we cook together as a family, eat together as a family, and even clean up after the meal together as a family, um, that there's a lot of really rich discussion and interaction that begins to happen in the um, informal kind of space that that creates for everyone. And now the kids all have their go-to thing that they can make on Christmas day. And they feel kind of special about knowing that, you know, they're the rock star that makes the stuffing or they're the rock star that makes the uh, baked yams or whatever it is. So everybody can have a role in that and that can become part of your family tradition. And then as far as those gifts, really land on the idea that the end experience of the gift is not a thing, but an actual experience. So even in the case of my son, where he was gifted a material item, a guitar, the end goal of that gift was an experience. So you can, you can figure out who are your children? What makes them tick? What, what are you watching for in the months leading up to the holidays um, that uh, has you understanding the kinds of interests 
they have and then really build on those interests so that you can have this um this joined experience of them uh seeing that you saw them and heard them and got them and that you acted on that um, piece another thing that i've done with my boys is what if we do homemade christmas it's hysterical that people have to and you can make crazy rules around what goes into the gifts or not in terms of you know how they get created and what they're supposed to mean and all of those kinds of things and so i would just set the expectations up for your children in advance sky's the limited terms of creativity and really don't be shy about creating new rituals and traditions for your family your kids will talk about that for the rest of their lives it will not be what it was that you gave them it will be how it was that they felt during those times together. Such a beautiful note to end on. So true. Uh, and as you said, the best gift is a present parent. Um, so I guess uh, that's what we want, that connection over Christmas. So thank you so much for, as always, <laughs> your, your uh, incredible advice for all the parents listening. I hope you have a fabulous Christmas. Awesome. Thank you. You too. Well, that's the end of our show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Now, remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. A big thank you to the beautiful Dr. Vanessa Laponte for being on the show today. Uh, I love our chats. But until next time, Merry Christmas. Happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.